Just because I love you, it don't mean I trust you. Everybody not to be trusted. Everybody around me thugging. Everybody around me drugging. Everybody around me hustling. Everybody know not to bring no new thing around me to say I be bugging. Got racks in the go yard luggage. Just because I love you, it don't mean I trust you. Everybody not to be trusted. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is Uncut with Q, where we talk about all things business, entrepreneurship, overcoming hardships, and literally all the above. We have multiple segments to this show, guys. If this is your first time listening, uh, we have what's called Q&A with E&Q, where my buddy Aaron and I, we answer a bunch of your questions and we give you our dope perspective on whatever it is that you're asking. And then, uh, you know, we have Trey and Q surfs the internet. And basically what we do is we just look at things that are popping off in the world and we address them. You know, I give my opinion, Trey gives his opinion, and we just basically break it open. And then we have Real Talk, where I basically go on here and I say some things that are on my mind. And then other times I just bring an amazing guest in and they tell you about how they did amazing things with their life. There's like four different shows. I like lose track of how many shows that we have. Apparently my friend Mitzi Diane is going to be hosting a mindset show for you ladies. You know, we also have uh, the MFWP project, which is the motherfucking women power project <laughs> where I bring on chicks that are absolutely dominating it. But Guys, if this is your first time listening, my goal is that you always leave here better than what we found you, okay? So all I ask is that you subscribe and that you share and that you run this thing word of mouth, okay? So my goal is that by the time Aaron and I are done with this podcast, you guys are like, wow, this is mind-blowing information. And then you go and you share the crap out of this with someone else, okay? And so that's all we ask that you do. We don't plan on running ads. We're not paying anybody to do any of this. As a matter of fact, we actually put a lot of money into the production of this show. So I just want you guys to you know, value it, all right? Value it the same way that we do because there's no way in hell we're letting you leave this building wherever you're at listening to this right now without getting your life changed so with that being said today's segment is q a with eq let's go anyways guys aaron's a good friend of mine dude introduce yourself to the world bro my name is aaron bevins i am a self-proclaimed entrepreneur's entrepreneur i have been running about three businesses for the last year or so, they're blowing up wholesaling, education, and a virtual staffing company. And I'm super excited to be here. Let's rock and roll, man. Dude, awesome to always have you back, man. This is like our third episode together. You guys make sure that you follow all the amazing things that Aaron's doing. He has multiple coaching programs that he's offering. He has a whole community. Uh, we have some collaboration stuff coming up very soon. So y'all just make sure that you follow my guy at Aaron Bevins. It's very simple. Aaron spelled E-A-R-O-N. And uh, you could literally just Google my homie at this point. He'll pop up. With this being said, um, <clears throat> guys, today we have a bunch of your questions. So I'm going to read them off and we're going to go over this stuff together. Everybody has a different perspective when it comes to business, when it comes to leadership, entrepreneurship, mindset, X, Y, X, Y, Z. But these are some of the questions that we get asked all of the time. Now, if you guys want to submit your questions, make sure you go to quintinflores.com slash ask Q and E, and that will literally be able to allow you guys to come to the website and submit your questions. So some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about right now are a few things that I think a lot of people struggle with. And, and I love this as well, but this is a good question, Aaron. I'm going to ask you this because you've talked about this a lot in just us being involved. Why do you, do you believe that we live in a capitalistic society? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. Um, I believe we be we live in a capitalistic society because of the way this country was founded. The country was founded by immigrants, for immigrants, right? Which basically means 
the mindset was if we uh, they like w- whenever United States or America was colonized, it was to break away from a power that had too much control. So the way the Constitution is is built is everybody who has like number one. Let's start with this. Capitalism means that businesses can be privately owned and that money and capital can be owned by privately owned individuals in the country as opposed to the state. And I feel like the reason why we're in that society is because of how this country was formed by immigrants. And capitalism basically states that anybody who wants to invest in themselves can build their own business and own their own entity. And so... I think that, you know, basically how we're formed is why we live in this system. Some of the some of the greatest forms of wealth were built on people capitalizing on things. You think about the gold rush, right? <clears throat> and you had a whole bunch of people that were going down there capitalizing on the opportunity that they could become wealthy by digging for gold. And then you had other people that were also counter capitalizing on the opportunity to sell shovels. You know, so the the shovel industry was booming cuz people were buying shovels because they were digging for gold, as well as all the other different types of machinery that you could purchase. But, you know, you'd be a fool to not capitalize on something. And, mm. and in, in knowing that we live in a society like this and understanding capitalism, you know, a lot of people think that it's the big guy picking on the small guy. It's really not. It's just the smart guy understanding something that the guy who didn't educate himself very well could have possibly capitalized on had he would have just known that this was something you could pivot to because I've done this in my real estate business, you know, and guys, you know, I I love real estate. It's got to be one of the best ways that anybody can make money. But at the same time, I also love opportunity. So whenever I see one, you know, I don't want to just be that one trick pony that understands everything about buying property. We like to diversify ourselves. So when I decided to go off and branch into the e-commerce business, a lot of money was produced from that utilizing skill sets that I learned from my real estate business. So, you know, capitalism is, is a part of what we do every day, regardless of whether or not you choose to believe in it, you know? 100%. The cool thing is that trillions of dollars are being transacted every single day in the world of capitalism capitalism as opposed to socialism or communism states that any one of us can put ourselves in the position to make some of that capital that's transacted uh, transacted ours we just have to create the system and build and put people into that system that allows that money to to come our way yeah i mean it's the it's the best system i, I don't want to say it's the perfect system obviously people get screwed everywhere right we can't not we can't say we can't say it's the perfect system but it's definitely the best there hasn't been any other economic system that serves the people as well as capitalism and that's facts it's facts bro it's facts i love it man so this is this is one of the things that i love bro is that this just gives people perspective because i think too many people think that capitalism is a negative thing Mm -hmm. and it's really not bro Mm -hmm. it it just depends on what side of the spectrum that you're viewing it from Mm -hmm. if you're that guy that's trying to create an opportunity for himself you'll invite capitalism into your life Mm -hmm. if you're that guy that's just like super conservative and very reliant on the system versus trying to work it to build out your own thing, you're really not going to have a good time and you might have a crappy opinion when it comes to being a capitalist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, definitely just broaden your, your, your mindset to what this could possibly be for you. We all do something different, mm-hmm. but 
you got to find an opportunity and then pivot. As someone who is an entrepreneur, which the majority of you guys that listen to this are, it's important that you see an opportunity and that you run with it. You know, there's this quote that was taught to, that was told to me, and I want to know what your perspective is on this, Aaron. But I was told that you should make the most amount of money in the least amount of time, mm. no matter what that is, as long as you're not hurting anyone and as long as you're not screwing anybody over. So if you can do that one thing, mm-hmm. let's say it was hoveling like shoveling uh horse poop right mm-hmm. and you made five to ten million dollars a year doing that mm-hmm. would you do that over what you produced wholesaling in real estate mm-hmm. uh, you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. and and so i'm wondering what your perspective is on that would you do what makes you the most amount of money in the least amount of time yeah i absolutely would and this applies to me personally because even though i'm the biggest wholesaling real estate advocate I don't particularly enjoy the process of wholesaling real estate. I say that as context to say this. I don't like wholesaling real estate. I love that wholesaling real estate was able to generate a lot of capital for me very, very fast so that I can now be be paid to do the things that I love by building a company around the thing that excites me, which is educating people, which is entertaining people, being on social media and influencing. I feel that, bro. I feel that. And I've pivoted the same way, man. You can do so much in business, but you'll actually make a lot more money when you help someone else make a lot of money. Thanks. And, and there's this story that I shared with you a couple of weeks ago, right? About the farmer, Mm -hmm. this guy, you know, he grew the best corn in the farm. And so a news reporter came and interviewed him about his award award winning farm and, and what he was growing because his corn was so immaculate. And, uh, he found out, she found out that the reporter was that he shared his corn seeds with his neighbor, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that is also with our lives. You know, she was like completely baffled. She was like, why the hell would you share your award winning seeds with your neighbors? And he told him, was because you don't understand cross pollination picks up in the sky, swings it around my crop and my neighbor's crops. So if I'm to grow immaculate, amazing corn, award winning corn, I have to help my neighbors grow that kind of corn as well. Mm -hmm. So I share Mm -hmm. my seed with my neighbors. Mm -hmm. I love that saying so much, man, because it literally puts it into perspective we do more because we help more. That's right. And we make more money because we help other people make more money. Yep. And if we can continuously do that over and over and over again, it creates this reciprocation of value that flows around the crop like mm-hmm. the guy's corn did, right? Yep. yep. And and it comes back to us. It comes back tenfold. Yep. So I, I, I think I appreciate that. You're a big community guy too, man. Mm-hmm. Your communities are always thriving mm-hmm. for everybody that's watching this right now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, I want to touch on, before we go on to the next topic, I want to touch on this difference between you alluded to it the difference between capitalism and socialism um and and here's why i choose capitalism all day every day and anybody who chooses socialism may not truly be thinking about the the actual impact of that based on humans i believe even nature teaches us that capitalism is greater than socialism let me explain socialism says that economically no matter what you do or how much value you bring to the marketplace, you get the same thing because we're social. Nature doesn't even teach that. For example, me and you are alive in 1700 and we both own farms. Okay. The same rain is going to, and by the way, our farms are right next to each other. The same rain, the same wind, the same sun shines on both of our farms. You get up and you work every, you work that ground every single day and I'm lazy. 
And whenever it's time to harvest, you have this incredible harvest. Your family gets fat. Y'all are really, really healthy. You're living it up. You're getting rich because you're able to sell your, your product to the market. And I have nothing because I didn't work during, during the season I was supposed to. But I look up at the sky and I say, why God, I needed this. I needed this. Well, you know, the universe is going to look at me and be like, we don't respond to what you need. We respond to what you deserve, right? So your neighbor worked for this crop and he got it. So what is that? It's capitalism. Capitalism says the same thing. You and I, we, we are neighbors. We live in the same city. We, have, we live in the same economy. We have the same opportunities. But if you work harder and you show up earlier, you, you leave later, you provide more value to the marketplace, when it's time to harvest, you're going to have more money because you've brought more value to the marketplace, right? Nature, nature pisses all over the idea of socialism. <laughs> Let's, let, let, me use, let me use one more illustration. Let's say you have a sales team right? Let's say you have two salespeople and you want to run a socialist company. Now, person, salesperson A works his butt off. He shows up at 7 a.m. He leaves at 9 p.m. He's making sell after sell after sell after sell. Whereas salesperson B shows up at 9 p.m. He leaves at 5 p.m. He only makes a couple sales throughout the week. So- socialism teaches we're all equal and we all deserve the same pay. Well, Salesperson A is going to be like, screw this. Why am I going to show up and and do all of this work all to get paid the same as this guy who's freaking relaxing all day, right? Socialism sucks. It does not incentivize people to reach their maximum potential. I want to know that if I work harder than him and I stay later than him, then I'm going to get more. Not because I want more than him, but I want according to what I've worked for. That's capitalism. It will always forever win because I believe that, you know, you can't go against the laws of nature. You can. And it's so crazy. This is another thing. I always leave this out of the corn story. You don't even realize this until you put it into context that he's giving his seeds with his competition. Mm hmm. Why would he share his award-winning corn with his competitors? What does that do for him internally? He might be helping other people become wealthy, but they're all in the same competition with Mm. each other, right? When you're competitive, the competitive nature of that environment of people building each other up, specifically within capitalism, because a lot of people think like, let's say Aaron's business is, 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 is failing and mine's is succeeding, right? that I'm going to capitalize on him. How many times have we built each other up? Mm -hmm. And whenever I've seen you slack, how many times have I ever called you and told you, I need you to step it up, right? Mm -hmm. Because we have like this level of competition, this competitiveness Mm -hmm. that's within us Mm -hmm. that allows for us to compete in a capitalism capitalism society. Mm -hmm. You know, socialism says what? Everybody deserves a handout, right? That's right. I I, I can't agree with that at all. That's right. I I think the greatest part that comes from you, especially being involved with a a capitalistic society, which we are literally living in at all times, regardless of whether or not you choose to believe in it, Mm -hmm. comes from being able and willing to compete. Yep. If you can compete, you can create a friendly competition Mm -hmm. and you can do this without envy, without negative, uh, like negativity, without, you know, wanting somebody to fail. Mm -hmm. If you can compete like that, you're actually going to get a lot farther Mm -hmm. than than you would if you were just working the system. So, you know, I, I pride myself within this society 
to build up other people that I also compete with. Because Mm -hmm. regardless if we're collaborating or if we're doing certain things, there's always this sense of competition that's in the back of my mind Mm -hmm. that I have to be at the next level Mm -hmm. and or equal to the person that I aspire to look like, uh, to be like or look like in any regard. You go to the gym, that's the environment that you walk into. You look at somebody else who's doing squats and you're like, wow, that guy is smaller than me. Why is he able to lift up that kind of weight? But you haven't seen the time that he's invested into being able to literally materialize that goal for himself. And so what you're seeing is art, but you can either look at that and say, well, if he can squat 400 pounds, how come they don't make machines so that I can squat 400 (laughs) pounds, right? Or you meet to that level. You you look at what that guy's doing and it should inspire you. That guy is like, he's squatting 400 pounds. He's half my size. Mm. I can do the same thing one day. If I can just put time over tension, dedicate myself, create, the competitive aspect inside of my mind that says that this guy is not going to be stronger than me. Mm. And, and then you compete. It's not negative. Mm. Like a lot of people think that this is, it's mm. not, it's, it's actually very beneficial. It's just perspective just changes. The reality is all. I think it's part of the way we're designed, man. If you look at history and all of the greats who have ever lived, every single one of them, every single one of them has somebody that they aspired to be like, or better than, Even if you look at scriptures, and I'm not even trying to be sacrilegious, one of the greatest men to ever walk the earth, whether you believe in who he claimed to be or not, he went by the name of Jesus the Nazarene. He had somebody that he aspired to be like, and he always said, I don't even do my will. I do the will of this person who's greater than me, right? I mean, that should tell us something, dude, right? That in, if you want to be great, you need to be competing. Competing doesn't mean evil. It doesn't mean bad, but you need to be competing with the difference between where you are and the person you're trying to be like. That's the only way to make it in capitalism. And the underdog is appreciated. I want you to understand this. Just because Aaron and I are at this level doesn't mean that we just got here overnight. Mm-hmm. What you're not seeing is the thousands of hours that we've dedicated to our craft. And, and not only that, but you're not even seeing where we grew up or where we came from. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I know Aaron's story, guys, and we'll probably have him share it another time. And he knows a little bit about mine. We didn't come from wealth. And so when you look at Jesus, who's quote unquote the Messiah, right? If you believe in Jesus Christ, and I'm not trying to be sacrilegious here either, but he came from Nazareth, bro. And every depiction of Nazareth says it was the worst place that anybody could come from. It was the hood, bro. It was the literal hood, right? So if you're listening to this and you're from the hood and and you have like this complex reality that you've created for yourself that you can't get anywhere just because of your place or circumstance well the son of god came from the hood bro that's like right. straight up big facts and not only that but he changed the way that we do a lot of things big facts and so that right there is capitalism that's bro. right because that just means that even if someone came from the worst parts of town they still have the potential to get out and do something impactful in life. And it may not even be the worst part of town. Maybe it's somebody who lives in a great side of town, but their household is the worst. It's very toxic. They have horrible relationship with their parents. They don't have parents, right? But if you're in a situation where where you, like you, like you said, you have a complex or you feel like because of where I am right now, I don't know if I'll be able to make it to where I want to be completely remove that myth out of your mind that is a that is a demon that's a doubt in your mind that's not serving you well and it's not true i love it bro we're going to move on to the next segment but we are pro capitalists here (laughs) big facts big facts bro so this is a a big one man and i I love this because it happens a lot Mm -hmm. this guy is asking and he mentioned it on ig 
this was a while ago, so I wrote it down and I and I added it to Jack's questionnaire thing. I said, mm. Jack, Jack's one of the guys that works here. He says this. I'm trying to grow on my business and it doesn't seem like I'm having any support from the people that are close to me. Mm. How do you handle having haters in business? Question mark. Mm. That's a hardcore one, man. That's a really good question. That's a though. hardcore one. Mm-hmm. You want to go first? Yeah. Yeah. I would say um, if you don't have the circle of support that you need, you need to go out and find them. And Again, you you alluded to this. Me and you are huge community guys. Yeah. We didn't have community. I think that lent itself to our resilience because we both had to face a lot of doubt, whether it was family or the community or the city at large, because a lot of the old heads in our in the real estate industry, when we were coming in, these guys were not very, very open. You had to pay to play or they just looked down on you because you were a bird dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's how it was in our city. Like our city is completely different. So I understand where this guy's coming from. But but now it's different. If you don't have the circle of support in your family or your neighborhood or your school, you can go out on social media and look for a Facebook group of individuals who are like-minded, who who you can make your support system. You can go out and pay for a mentor to be able to be your support group. You know what I mean? Or you can do what my mentor told me whenever I was getting started. He said, if you want to really blow up in real estate, he's like, there's three things you need to do. He was like, you need to call sellers, he was like, you need to get business cards and you need to have one to two meetings a week. And I never understood the last two. The first one, it makes sense, right? One to two meetings a week is Every, so crucial. Bro, 100%. And he's like, I get, I got the first one. Like, okay, like that's a behavior that's going to make me money. I never understood why he was always tell, asking me, how many meetings did you have this week? And he wanted me to meet with title companies, escrow officers, realtors, other wholesalers, investors, you know, and brokers. And the reason why is because we have to create a community around us of individuals who are like-minded and support our vision and our dreams. People who believe in, even if they don't believe in us, they believe in the vision because they know it's possible. That's what I would tell this young man asking this question. I love it, bro. Because, you know, your influence and your circle of influence is so powerful. Like, it's literally, man, I can't say that I got where I'm at right now, bro, by not meeting people. Facts. I had to get out of my comfort zone. Yep. I had to go to that networking event. I had to go to that RIA. Yep. And I had to meet people that were at a place that I wanted to be at or aspire to be like. You know what I mean? And and that's the thing that's going to benefit you the most. Now, I actually had no support from people that were close to me. And it's fine. You know what I mean? I remember I approached my big brother. And he came over to my apartment and I told him, this was like 2014, 2015, dude, about this concept of wholesaling real estate, right? You know what he told me? Mm. He said, I'll just see you do it first. Mm. And if it works for you, then I'll join you. Mm -hmm. It hurt, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. My my brother actually ran my office over there for about two years, you know? Mm. So he, he actually just got... Uh, he, he just like, he, we just let him go. Mm -hmm. He he has a better opportunity somewhere else, but you know, being in business with my brother was, was phenomenal, man. And Mm -hmm. I thank God for the time that we spent together. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, people have to fly sometimes, you know, some people are going to stay around and they're going to think long term, Mm -hmm. And then some people need something that's right now. My brother has four kids that he has to look after. So he's doing what he had to do, but we, I can't say that I, I, I had any support, but what I did have was 
people that didn't believe in me. Mm -hmm. And I know that some of you guys might think backwards on this, but that right there, that's a sense of support, bro. Mm -hmm. People not believing in you should, mm -hmm. it should inspire you. You know, I, I, there's this thing guys, that's called a, a production pivot. A production pivot is when somebody tells you something and it, it either affects you in a negative way or for some reason it just like, I mean, it just demotivating in every single type of way, right? Now, a production pivot could be seen in a multiple in a multitude of ways. This production pivot is when you take that negativity and you drive it into production into productive action. Mm. And so you take the negativity and then you drive it into productive action. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this is actually going to pivot into a question that I had for you because okay. I have an entirely different perspective. Aaron mm -hmm. and I just got done teaching a seminar this weekend mm -hmm. with our signals group. I have a friend of mine. He has a signals group. Aaron was helping us out with the event. Um, but we really wanted him to speak because a lot of these people that get into trading don't have business mindset. Mm -hmm. And trading is fast money, bro. And so when you make fast money, you kind of skip that slow money, mm -hmm. which is the thing that teaches you the most, right? Mm -hmm. So we were talking at this thing and Aaron's segment was going over mindset. And one of the things that he had said was that you should create affirmations. Mm -hmm. Now I do believe in affirmations, mm -hmm. but this is where I don't agree with it. Okay. Now, nothing negative by sure, the way, sure. because what you mind. said was extremely valid, mm -hmm. but I don't think that words of affirmation are cool when you're lying to yourself. Mm. That is a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. So I used to be almost 400 pounds and I used to do the affirmation thing in the mirror. Mm -hmm. I used to say, I'm powerful. I'm beautiful. Mm -hmm. I, I'm strong mm -hmm. and I feel amazing mm -hmm. when it was actually the exact opposite of that, mm -hmm. that I felt, mm -hmm. you know? And so instead of looking at those things and, and telling myself X, Y, Z, I was creating incantations of a thought, mm -hmm. meaning that I was submersing myself with massive action by creating a outcome for myself that I actually wanted, that pulled me toward where I wanted, not just pushed me to it. Mm -hmm. And we talked about that before in a yep. seminar too, the push versus pull aspect. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, when people would call me fat on the internet, I can make that and I can, I can have that make me or break me. Mm -hmm. When people would say, Q, you're unhealthy mm -hmm. or you need to lose weight mm -hmm. or whatever, mm -hmm. I could either have just let that be me. Mm -hmm. But I used to tell everybody back in the day, and this was me just settling. Mm -hmm. I used to say, I'm just big. I've always been big. Mm -hmm. It's really just an excuse that you're mm -hmm. creating for yourself as to why you cannot get in shape. Mm -hmm. Or I've been fat my whole life, you know, so I'm just fat today because I want to be. It's mm -hmm. not true. It's not healthy. You're going to die if you do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, people that were big that are now getting into shape, we can save a lot of lives if we talk more about that. Mm -hmm. But that's not the premise of this podcast. But the way I deal with haters if anybody hates on me, they tell me that I, they can't see any change or that I'm not making enough progress or if I'm not doing X, Y, Z, I shut them up with productive, with a production pivot where mm. I actually show them results. Mm. You can look at my IG, you can follow me at real Quentin Flores. You will never not see me in the gym five days a week, bro. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I don't care how long it takes. Mm -hmm. I invite the, the negativity because I use it as fuel to mm -hmm. get me to where I'm going to go, mm -hmm. where I want to go. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, a lot of people should look at negativity to that regard. But I would love for you to reiterate on that point about the affirmations mm -hmm. and how you've applied that to yourself to be where you're at. Yeah, th this is a good question. And it's one of the FAQs whenever it comes to affirmations. Aaron, I'm lying because the way I teach affirmations is, okay, we, first of all, it starts with self-awareness. I have to be ultra realistic on where I am right now. I'm a crackhead. 
I'm fat. I have an addiction. I have, I have this problem. I have a disorder. I'm not where I want to be. I'm unhealthy. I'm overweight. I'm underweight. So it starts with being truthful first. So it starts with being truthful first. Okay. Because, because that's, and then it's being ultra crystal clear about where I want to be a year, 24 months, 36 months from now. The difference between that two, right, is, is going to be the amount of work I need to do to get this done. But the affirmation is speaking about that goal as if it's already presently uh, uh, the situation. The reason why is because the subconscious mind does not respond to future tense the way it does to the present tense. So what you just brought out right now is an FAQ. Aaron, I don't want to lie to myself. I want to take the, the the David Goggins route. That means look in the mirror and be like, stop being a little, you know what I mean? You're being a little right now. That's not my approach. And here's why. Because with affirmations, you're not trying to impact your conscious mind that determines a lie. Your subconscious mind cannot tell, cannot distinguish a lie from a truth. If you tell your subconscious something enough times, it will believe it. Let me give you an ex- example on how this works with, with criminology, right? You have, you have a young boy and he grows up on the west side of town. He's eight years old and he sees a robbery for the first time. He sees an, an old lady get stuck up with a gun, her purse is 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 taken from her oh, and she's worst. pushed on the ground. He's 8 years old. His little innocent heart is traumatized. He goes and helps this lady and he just feels this ugly sense of, "Oh my god, what did I just see?" He can't sleep at night. The next week he sees it again. The next week he sees it again. The next week he sees it again. He goes to school and his friends are doing it. After six months, two years, three years, four years, he's now pickpocketing old ladies. Wow. This is is how it works. This is how individuals become criminals. What has happened? What happened is the subconscious mind became desensitized to this, not only began to believe that it was something that was morally okay, but accepted it, and now he's acting on it. The subconscious mind cannot tell what is right from what is wrong. The subconscious mind cannot distinguish a lie from a truth. So that feeling of Aaron, when I do my subconscious, when I do my affirmations in the morning and I say, I'm powerful, I'm skinny, I'm beautiful, I love myself. The fact that you have that conscious uh, cognitive dissonance that's saying, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie, means nothing. Persistence in affirmations is everything. Continue to do it every single day, seven days a week, four weeks a month, three months a quarter, 12 months a year, and your subconscious mind will begin to believe it, and then you'll begin to act on that belief. Now, I'm not saying this is the only way to do it. Your incantations work for you, but affirmations work as well. It just depends on what route you want to take. I love that perspective, man. There was a guy that my train, so I'm, I'm, I'm lifting weights with my trainer, right? And he's asking me, he said, Q, what's wrong? And so I'm like, what do you mean? What's wrong, man? Like I'm, I'm here, I'm picking up heavy weight. I don't really want to do it, but I'm doing it right. I'm disciplined. And he's like, you, that, that it's not what you need to be here for. And I said, what do you mean? He's like, you need to have intention. Mm. And I was like, okay. And he's like, there was a bodybuilder that I used to work out with. So my trainer, he wasn't a bodybuilder that he worked. It was a strength competition guy mm. who had came to a gym 
uh, that used to exist here in San Antonio. They went out of business because the owners passed away. And his name was Eddie Hall. Mm. And so Eddie Hall is the only man that has ever lifted half of a ton. Whoa. And it's in kilograms. So that's probably 1,000 pounds plus a little extra. Goodness, right? yeah. But no one has ever deadlifted that amount of weight mm. ever mm. in the history of strongman competitions. Mm. So this is what's so crazy. He tells me, he's like, let me tell you what Eddie Hall had to do to do that. And Eddie Hall visited a hypnotist that hypnotized him into believing that the weight that was underneath that bar on this date specifically was equivalent to an 18-wheeler truck that was about to run over his wife and son. Hypnotized him into believing that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you look at the video and he picks that weight up like it's a bag of feathers, bro. Mm. His nose busts open and everything, but he gets past his knees. Everybody's just screaming, man. You get all this energy around mm. him. And the next thing you know, he locks it out, mm. locks it out and holds it for about five seconds mm. and then drops it on the ground and falls and collapses. Luckily, nothing's wrong with him and he's completely fine, but he was borderline going to have a brain aneurysm. Mm-hmm. But when the interviewers asked him about what he had thought, mm-hmm. he said, if I were to explain it to you guys, you wouldn't want to hear it. Mm. Because I put myself into this reality so that my body would be 10 times stronger than, mm. it, than it was. Mm. And so you think about this for a second, right? He's like, Q, next time you get under that bar, because essentially I'm lying to myself by creating this reality in my mind. He's like, I, wanna, I want you to picture something extremely terrible happening to somebody that you love. And that the only way that you're going to get past it is if you make this a reality and you pick this weight up. Mm. So, bro, you see my whole mood change. At this point, I close my eyes and I visualize myself in a scenario. I'm not going to speak about it on the podcast, but it was bad. Mm. And I, I literally walk up to the bar. I plant myself and I'm flexing harder than I've ever flexed. And I grab that weight and I pick it up 10 times. And that weight was my max. That's right. And I, I knew at that moment I'm now able to rep my max. Mm-hmm. But I had to put myself there mentally. Mm-hmm. For a lot of you guys, you want to do something amazing with your life, but you lack intention. Mm. And you also don't, don't understand how to create an outcome for yourself where it's like, I have to do this or it's fight or flight. That's right. You know, So the fight or flight and competitive aspect behind this is like, you have to do this or someone that you love, you are failing them in the worst way possible. Yep. And I think if you can materialize that thought and make it real, you'll do a lot of these things that happen to us in business with more intention. Yeah. I think life is super counterintuitive like that, dude. Like, for example, like what you're just saying reminds me of one of the things my mentor taught me was the average person's mindset is I once I get this, then I will be successful and and when i'm successful then i'll be happy right whereas the the appropriate mindset is i am successful now therefore i am happy and then money follows right or whatever whatever it is it follows but how do i get myself to feel successful now it's the way i talk to myself like consciously your mind, it's called cognitive dissonance. It, it, it happens whenever you say something and you have that emotional reaction that says, that's not true. That's a lie, right? As you do your affirmations and you tell yourself, I am successful now. I feel successful. I feel powerful now. I am in this situation right now. That's not true. That cognitive dissonance is going to be there and it means absolutely nothing. You just have to p- persist through it and continue to push through it. If you can act like 
the situation now, you'll be able to get those results. It's not the other way around. We shouldn't wait until the results come in order for me to act like that. Otherwise, it'll never come. Dude, I'll tell you, man, just learning that little piece makes every single gym session that I do intentional. Mm -hmm. And so like right when I walk in, I'm able to knock that shit out, bro, Mm -hmm. because I'm actually there with a purpose versus just being there and showing up on discipline. Discipline is one very big part of the equation. Sure. And if you do show up to the gym enough times, you're definitely going to show right but there's going to be a plateau that's going to happen when that plateau comes you have to increase intensity Mm -hmm. the only way that you can do that is by mirroring not mirroring i'll say combining intensity with intention that's right that's what's going to create the outcome that you want for yourself some of you guys just kind of want to build wealth but you don't need to build wealth Mm. when you have your power come in response to a need and not just a desire Mm -hmm. you're actually going to get there faster because it's a necessity now Mm -hmm. that you have to get to that level Mm -hmm. i got one more question that we can do here man and i think this is going to be a good one bro because this has already been like crazy game um i love this When and why did both of you guys start documenting your journey in real estate? That's a big one. Yeah, yeah, that is a really big one. I remember you going live, bro, just at title companies, man. And I was just like, man, this guy's going to be a phenomenal speaker one day. I just remember seeing that. But that must have been like five years ago almost, dude. So, so, So here's what's funny about that. I've meant I mentioned this in a post and I think some people think that I'm being goofy because I've had interesting responses whenever I post um, stuff, um, giving kudos to you and throwing my roses to you because I really do appreciate you. You are super goofy. I, I, <laughs> I really am. I really but in a am. good way. You know what I mean? I, I, um, <laughs> I used to watch you go live. I was on those lives, bro. I used to watch you go live. You'd have your wife beater on. You were in this super hood apartment. And you would just be talking about a deal or your past story or something that was going on in your business. And I remember thinking to myself, that's so cool that there's somebody in my city who's my age, who looks like somebody I could have grown up with, um, who's talking about this stuff openly. And I told myself, I'm going to do that. And the first time I met you at an event, I went to that event because you were going to be there. And that was my intention like, I'm going to go talk to Quentin Flores. I didn't care about anybody else, bro. I didn't care about anyone else. I had to go meet Quentin Flores. And as soon as I saw you, I beelined it toward you. I had the conversation with him. I remember like what I told you. We always talk about this. But I told you, I was like, dude, you get it. I was like, you get it. I'm like, you're so congruent with your story. And your story sells. And I wanted that. I wanted to be able to put, I wanted to make other people feel the way you made me feel, bro. So to answer that person's question, when did I start doing this? I started doing this in, in like 20, late 2017, early 2018. And why I started doing it legitimately was because I saw guys like Max Maxwell and Quentin Flores, especially Q, because Q made it possible for me because it was, he made it possible for me in the sense of belief because he was in my city. We're the same age. You know what I mean? We come from, we come from, you know, similar, similar, um, background in the city. And, um, so yeah, that's why I started doing, I was inspired to do it. I remember February when I asked you to speak at my event and I just remember being in the back of the event and I was talking to you cause you were about to go on stage and I asked you if you were ready and you just looked at me like, I ain't never been more ready in my life, man. 
And that was just such an amazing thing. For you guys that don't know, my first real estate event that I ever threw, Aaron was one of our, our, our speakers. He invited my entire team into his office, showed us his entire operation, and it was very cookie cutter at the time. You could tell that he had just really started getting off at the ground and gaining traction. And we both kind of didn't know what we were doing. Let's mm. just be honest. Like mm-hmm. I had a brand and I was speaking on stages, but I didn't know where that was going to go, mm-hmm. you know? But uh I love seeing the progression of your brand, bro, and how you maintain it today with consistency. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of things that are happening, man. Like Aaron and I have some big announcements that are going to be coming forward very soon to light. We just have a lot of stuff that's being worked on in the back end. But it's honestly been a long time coming. We've been working together moving into next year. It'll be five years Mm. in July. Because it was a little after my birthday, I got a chance to connect with you. Mm -hmm. And then come November, December is when we plan Ground Zero One. That's right. You know, we had no real keynote speakers on that, but we were just excited to put something together for the city. We had a thousand people show up to a free event. I mean, they may have been in and out and they have only shown up for free alcohol and we didn't provide bottles of water. It was still (laughs) a a definite hit, you know, it was my first time speaking on a stage that was my own in front of a bunch of people that came for something that we had put together. Yeah. But by the way, by the way, let me say this. I quit social media about six months after meeting you. And, and I had no intention of coming back. I was like, you know what? Forget this. This is a distraction. It's not paying me. It's not doing anything. I quit. And then Quentin, um, calls me and he's like, Hey, I want you to come with me to Dallas for a Propelio event. And I want you to help me film content. And he's like, by the way, oh, and then when we get there, you're like, bro, by the way, why aren't you on Facebook anymore? And and I was like, bro, it's a distraction. I'm building my business. You know what I got going on? He's like, dude, I don't remember what you told me, but you made me create my Facebook right then and there. In fact, the for the longest time after that, um, my my profile pic was a picture that we all took together in Dallas. I remember. So I came, I actually came back to social media because Q um, told me, hey, like, I, I don't even know if you told me why there was so much opportunity and I didn't see it, but you were like, there's a lot of opportunity you're going to miss out if you don't come back to social media. And during that that weekend, I, I came back to social media in full force and I haven't stopped. It's been wild, bro, seeing it. You know, man, I didn't really think it was going to be anything, but I did start catching the momentum when people started inviting me to speak on big stages. Mm-hmm. When I spoke at the uh, All In Freedom event, yeah, I remember it was five that. months after my big first event. Yep. It was my first time speaking in front of a national stage. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people I've helped that have gone to that event, bro. Mm-hmm. That's what I love the most about doing the content. Yeah. So if there's a why that I could add to that, I mean... I hate to say it, but it was like Forrest Gump. No one knew about Max back then, bro. Like Mm. he had started creating his community, but it wasn't like, you know, 2014, 2013. I don't think he was blowing up yet. Mm. It wasn't until 2015, 2016, 2017 that the traction started being gained. Mm. Right. But I just remember seeing Max post a lot of YouTube videos like 2016, 2015. Mm. And I said, you know what, man? That looks like the way to go. Mm. And so for no particular reason at all, like in Forrest Gump, I was running. <laughs> I like literally that's what it was like. You know? 
I just started going live on IG and I would just document my journey in front of houses. Yeah. I didn't know what it was going to transpire into anything. Yeah. But next thing you know, I get podcast invites. I get speaking engagement invites. I'm seen as an expert in the space, knowing damn well that I've only been in the business space for not even a few years at that. But I had already been able to close some deals. You know, 2017, I made a million dollars by myself wholesaling. Mm. 2018, I spent almost all of it trying to build an office out and put a team and an infrastructure in place. 2019 was one of my biggest years to date. 2020, COVID shut the world down. Mm. Every single year, I've documented my journey, mm -hmm. even from shutting offices down and reopening and restructuring. It's because this is the benefit of it, guys. For all of my people that watch Grey's Anatomy, have you watched Grey's Anatomy? No, I've never seen it. You love that show, bro. Come on. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> Aaron doesn't watch Grey's Anatomy. But if you have watched it, you realize that that show has been running for almost a decade now, bro. Mm. So with that being said, what happens is you grow up with the characters. Mm. And so just like how people grew up in Dragon Ball, then in yeah. Dragon Ball Z, yeah. and now in Dragon Ball GT, and then yep. Dragon Ball Super, yep. you grow up with the characters. So they have mm. a meaningful part of your life. That's right. So when somebody's growing up with your brand, and I know this, bro. Tell me you've gotten messages from people that were in high school when they started following you. Oh, 100%, bro. And now they have businesses, That's right. right? That's right. And so documenting your journey isn't so much so I can look back on it. It's so that other people that have literally witnessed this mm -hmm. can grow up with me. That's right. Because I get people that come to my office straight out of high school mm -hmm. that are like, bro, I've watched your videos. I followed you on TikTok. I was just graduating and I jumped into entrepreneurship because I saw you documenting your journey. Like you saved my life, man. That is the most meaningful part of building the brand to me. Mm -hmm. And you've been a huge, huge advocate for, for not just like building your brand and staying, uh, how I say relevant mm -hmm. in this space of social media with so many different influencers popping up. But I know for a fact that a lot of people from your consistency of your brand and building your community have made millions of dollars yeah. just by being associated with you. Mm -hmm. And they would not have followed you or been a part of your journey had you would have not gotten yourself out there the way that you did. Yeah. By any means necessary, going mm -hmm. to podcasts mm -hmm. in Arizona and then coming back to Texas, doing podcasts here, mm -hmm. flying out to Florida to mm -hmm. speak at engagements. Mm -hmm. We've done it all, mm -hmm. right? But it's never about just the brand that we build. It's about the impact that we have. That's right. That's the most important part. Yep. 100%. And, and I have to say this, man, there's been, there's been trials along the way. Oh yeah, when, for whenever sure. whenever it comes to brand building and and things like that, but it's definitely been worth the journey because if we had not have built this brand, I know that my income would probably be sliced to a third of what it is right now. That's a fact. Let's go, man, guys. I hope y'all got value from this. We definitely booyaka, booyaka. three different questions here, right? And we covered your answers. You guys make sure you go to the website and you make more questions happen. Aaron, bro, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. My pleasure, again, bro. Guys, y'all make sure you follow my dude at Aaron Bevins and uh, I'll drop all of his stuff in the comment section below. Love y'all so much. I'll Let's see get you guys it. on the next episode.